you have your Bibles, you want to turn Job chapter 1. Uh, boy, I tell you, I've been around Job a lot, it seems like in the last month or so. And um, But a couple of Wednesdays ago, I, I started out with him and actually thought this past Wednesday I was going to go right back to this message, but um, just I did, just felt like it was undone. Didn't feel like it was that I that we got everything that somebody still needed to hear uh, something from this man's life. And Job was a subject that the New Testament church heard about in the letters the apostles would write. You have heard of the patience of Job. He was a figure that they used many times to remind them of their own walk. You've heard of the patience of Job. Well, tribulation works patience. So uh, they said, you need to remember in this life, you'll have some things going on, some things that are happening in your life. But remember Job. Wednesday, we talked about remember Lot's wife. And that was a whole nother thing. Uh, but it was a, a lesson that we need to learn. It teaches us something. And so, so does the life of Job. Remember the patience. You have heard of the patience of Job. And so there's some things that we can learn from that life. And so in, in, uh, most of us know uh, the story of Job and uh, how that it was just a day where the Lord was approached by the enemy and he said, I, you know, have you considered my servant Job? And, and there was some things about to happen in Job's life. And that's where we're going to pick up in, in verse 13 of chapter 1. And it says, and there was a day when Job's sons and his daughters were eating drinking wine in their eldest brother's house and there came a messenger unto Job and said the oxen were plowing and the donkeys feeding beside them and the Sabians fell upon them and took them away yea they have slain the servants with the edge of the sword and I only am escaped alone to tell thee while he was yet speaking there came also another and said the fire of God is fallen from heaven has burned up the sheep and the servants and consumed them and I only am escaped alone to tell thee. And while he was yet speaking, there came also another and said, The Chaldeans made out three bands, fell upon the camels, have carried them away, yea, slain the servants with the edge of the sword, and I only am escaped alone to tell thee. While he was yet speaking, there came also another and said, Thy sons, thy daughters were eating and drinking wine in their eldest brother's house. And behold, there came a great wind from the wilderness, smote the four corners of the house, and it fell upon the young men, and they are dead, and I only am escaped alone to tell thee. Things were bad, but that was, I think, probably the worst blow that he could have gotten. And so Job now has to react in some way, and his reaction is this. Then Job arose and rent his mantle, shaved his head, fell down upon the ground, and worshipped. And said, Naked came I out of my mother's womb, and naked shall I return thither. The Lord gave, and the Lord hath taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. In all this Job sinned not, nor charged God foolishly. I want to talk to you today about this, the God of what's left. The God of what's left. Let's pray together this morning. Lord, we love you today, and I just honor you. And I'm so thankful of your mercy and grace and, Lord, your thoughtfulness toward your people. Today, Lord, let us hear what the Spirit would say to the church. And, Lord, let us 
be changed by it, encouraged. Lord, let this help somebody today through their struggle. We're going to praise you for these things in Jesus' name. And everyone said amen. Give the Lord one more hand clap and a shout of praise this morning. Isn't he good? Thank you now, and you're already seated. Praise God, the God of what's left. You know, reading and studying this today, sometimes there are lines in a scripture that just, it looks like they don't mean anything, but they start leading you down a path. And in our opening scripture, in verse 13, it says, And there was a day, I think we've all had that day, and there was a day, you know, a lot of the events or the things we have in our life, we can remember or, or draw a line back to a day. There was a day that I saw the woman that I would marry. There was a day that I asked her and she said yes. There was a day that we stood before the Lord and, you know, said our vows and were joined as husband and wife. There was a day that we found out we would have children and be parents. And, you know, that, and those are the good things, but... We also know that there have been days that were not so good. Uh, there was a day when it seemed like everything that could go wrong went wrong. And there was a day when it was bad news after bad news after bad news. When it rains, it really does pour. And, and uh, this is what Job is experiencing. And there was a day where things began to go. There was a bad day and a good God. You need to remember that. When there's a bad day, there's a good God. This didn't happen in several days. This says, and there was a day. This began to happen within uh, a period of at least, uh, you know, 24 hours as we would think about it. But uh, th that would be a lot to handle in 24 hours. But we don't know how long it was. And we don't know if they were, those messengers were right on the heel of one another and all this came about in an instant. Uh, but we do know that it went from bad to worse in a day. And there was a day where Job found himself physically uh, without anything that he had before. His stuff was gone. Oh, listen, but we serve a good God. And he's a God of blessing. And he's a God that will bless you. And he's a God that will bless me. And I'm thankful for the blessings of the Lord. The psalmist wrote in Psalm 23. I didn't give you this, brother. I'm, I'm paraphrasing from here. But it says, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. And he said that he would bring me to green pastures and, and lead me beside still waters. That he would restore me and protect me and provide for me. That he would anoint my head with ointment and prepare a table in the presence of my enemies. He, my cup runneth over. There's just blessing after blessing after blessing that God likes to give us. He has riches and glory that supply all of our needs. Uh, he says, I'll pour you out a blessing that you cannot contain it. Uh, he is a giver of every good and perfect gift, according to James. He daily loadeth me with benefits. He owns the cattle of a thousand hills. And he is the God of all of our stuff. Come on. He's the God of all of our stuff. And guess what? We love our stuff. We love our lives. We love our things. We love our families. We love what we have. And everything we had, it came from God. 
You might have worked and got the paycheck, but God provided you the ability to do it. There's nothing that you have really on your own. If God didn't give, you don't get. But here's the thing. He was God before I had it. He's God after I got it. And guess what? He's still God when I lost it. Come on. <laughs> and He's not just the God of what I've lost, but He's the God of what I have left. Say it now. Come on, get it. He was God before you got it. He's God when you lost it. And hey, He's the God of what's left. I'm glad today that God is faithful and He's with me from the beginning to the end. God is always with me. And there may be days where we lose our stuff. And trials and tests may end my stuff, but they do not end me. It, doesn't, it might be the end of the things I possess, but it doesn't have to be the end of me. It doesn't have to be the end of my walk with God. It doesn't have to be the end of my song of victory. It doesn't have to be the end of my ministry. Friend, it doesn't have to be the end. Listen, whatever you have, whatever's left, God can work with it. You might would ask Lazarus' sisters, Mary and Martha, said, you can have a four-day-old corpse, but he's the resurrection and the life. If all you got left, you feel like the stone's been rolled over it and it's dead, you remember today that your pastor told you, he's the resurrection and the life. Friend, whatever's been dead and gone, God's able to raise it back up. Whatever you feel like died in your life or is on, the, or on its deathbed, God is able to raise it up today. It might not ever be the same, but it can be new. He's still God when we lose it. How many believes God fills all space? That means he fills your empty space. But this was where I had this, but now it's gone. But God's there. There's not a void where he's not at. He fills the heavens. He fills the universe. He fills every uh, little corner of, of place and time. There's nowhere you can go that he's not. And so even in our empty space, God is there. And God is faithful. He is the God of our victory. And he's the God of our shout. He's the God of our praise. He's the God of our salvation. He is the God of our blessing. But I need you to know today that he is the God in our heartbreak. He is the God in our failure and in our fall. He is God in our mess and in our pain and suffering. He's the God in our trial. What I get, I want it to be from God. And if I'm losing stuff, I want God to be there as well. That's why Job said the Lord gave and the Lord takes away. If he is the perfect getter or giver, then he is the perfect one to take it away because he never gives it to you unless you need it and he don't take it away unless you don't need it. If he knows you can serve him without it, you might lose it. But you never have to lose your walk with God. You never have to lose hope in this life because God is able. He's able to take what's left. Now Job could have quit. Just as we could. Job could have cursed God and died like his wife advised him to. He could have said, that's it. I have had enough. But even though he lost his stuff, there were some very important things that Job still had left. And Job still had his worship. And Job still had his praise. And Job still had his faith. And Job still had his integrity. 
See, the problem is this, is that when our worship is attached to our stuff, then we lose it all. When our praise is because of our stuff, then we lose it all. When our faith in God is because of our stuff, when we lose it, we lose it all. And when our integrity is tied to our stuff, whenever uh, things go wrong, we lose it all. But the things that made uh, Job the man that God described in verse 8, they're still there. His worship, his praise, his faith, his integrity, his fear of God. In Job 1 and 8, this is how the Lord described Job. The Lord said unto Satan, he said, have you considered my servant Job? There's none like him in the earth. Well, isn't it something when God thinks about you like that? Do you know that he does? Because you're blood bought and filled with the spirit. There ain't nobody like you in the earth. There's a, there's a bunch of, of his children out here, but he, he said as a whole, as a group, he said, there's nobody like my people. There's nobody like my church. And so he said, there's nobody like him. He's perfect and an upright man, and he fears God, and he eschews evil. Listen, God never described Job as a man of material things. He said he's a man that fears God. He's a man that walks upright. He's a man. You know, the world wants to tell you that, uh, that gain is godliness. That the more you get, that means you're more godly. But the Bible says godliness with contentment is great gain. I'm content with God when I'm in abundance and I'm content with God even when I have less because it ain't about the stuff, it's about the God that I serve. Because like they were singing, one day Jesus is coming back and you ain't packing a suitcase. You ain't going to load up a U-Haul and say, take this on with me. All your hobbies, all your collections, you love your, you know, people that love to hunt, all your deer rifles, they're going to stay. Yep, that's it. All your mounts on the wall, all them, they don't go with you. You know, all that stuff is, 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 is staying here. Somebody else is going to raid your house and say, look what we found in here. And you know what? You won't even care because you're going to be with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. You're going to realize that it wasn't about my stuff, but it was about the God that I serve. And what I want to be able to do is when troubles and trials come my way, I still want to be able to fall down and find a praise and a worship in my heart so that I can say the Lord gave and the Lord takes away, but blessed be the name of the Lord. I'm not going to forget the years that God's been good to me. I'm not going to forget all the plenty and all the blessing and all the shout and all the victory just because I had that day. He said, oh, well, you don't know, friend. Let me tell you, you're right. I don't know. Uh, but I, I do know this. It is my desire to keep serving God through thick and thin. Uh, I want to make sure that whenever I, I lose it all, that there's still something in the tank. Because God can do something with what's left. Uh, you know, sometimes you feel like, I don't know if I can go another round, but you can go another round. I used to love them. You know, I used to love uh, those, uh, the, the first Rocky movie. When I was a kid when that came out. But, but my favorite thing is that whole, and that whole thing is when Apollo has beat that man to nothing. And he's sure this is it. And he looks across the ring and Rocky stands up. And goes like, 
And, he, and he's just shaking his head like, I can't believe he wants to go another round. But let me tell you, he had something left in the tank. But I want to make sure uh, that when I lose my stuff, I don't lose my praise. And when I lose my job, I don't lose my worship. Or when I lose a loved one, I don't lose my walk with God. Uh, friend, uh, sometimes we pray for people and, and we ask God to heal them, but it's t- God's ready to take them home. And, and I can't be upset with God for his plan. Because God's holy and God's sovereign and God knows what's best for them. I'm praying to keep them for my own selfishness because it'll hurt my heart to see them go. But God said, precious in my sight is the death of my saints. And so sometimes God takes them on, but I'm not going to lose faith. I'm not going to let them go there. Listen, there's, there is an enemy just like we had, just like Job had. The Bible says he's a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. There's an enemy who wants to destroy who you are. Hey, he didn't care a thing about Job's stuff. He didn't pack up Job's stuff and steal it and take it with him. He didn't, uh, they didn't bring all that stuff to the enemy. His whole purpose was, I've got to get Job to curse God to his face. I've got to really stick it to God this time and show him. These people, don't, they, they love you for the stuff that you give them. But God said, I trust Job. He fears God. He reverences God. He's, he's, not a, he's not a materialistic man, but he's a man that, that loves me and walks upright. Uh, go ahead and, and hit him with your best shot. Listen, I, I want to make sure that I don't give the enemy the pleasure of winning that round. I don't want to ever speak. It said that Job did not sin or charge God foolishly. That was the whole plan. I want him to charge God with this. But God didn't do it. But even if he had a, Job never mentions the enemy. He said, the Lord gave and the Lord takes away. And I love God so much that I trust him. He's thinking God did this. The Lord took it away. God's got a reason. That's why he would say in Job 13 and 15, though God slay me, yet will I trust him. But even in the the worst case scenario, if God would say that word slay means to murder. If God were to murder me, I still trust him. Because, and he said, I will maintain my own ways before him. I'm going to keep walking in this way. I'm going to keep walking in my integrity because I fear the Lord. See, God can do a lot with what's left. Job didn't take his life. Job didn't. Quit God. It would have been a much shorter book, I think, if he had started cursing God. Uh, They would have got about three or four chapters out of it, not 42. John 10 and 10, Jesus said, you're going to have to learn what I can do with what's left. He said, the thief is coming not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. But I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. Jesus said, I need to show you what I can do with what's left. When the enemy gets done stealing and killing and destroying, when he gets done trying to shake your life, when he gets done trying to tear you up and and get you to walk away from me, I'm going to show you what I can do with what's left. If you can just remember that I've been good to you. If you can just remember that I washed you in my blood. If you can just remember that I went to Calvary and suffered and gave my life for you so that you could be with me one day. If you can just remember the right hand of the Most High. If you can just remember those days of plenty. Just remember that I love you. And then let me show you what I can do with what's left. Don't get weary, the writer said, in well-doing. Keep on. Don't, don't get weary in doing the right thing. Keep on keeping on, as they used to say. 
Keep doing what God wants you to do. Don't lose your faith. Jesus told Peter, said that same Satan, the one that, that came before the Lord to try Job, he desires to have you that he could sift you as wheat, but I have prayed for you that your faith fail not. Don't let your faith go. Hang on to it because we know if we have faith like the grain of a mustard seed, we can still move mountains. Come on, somebody. We can still see God move in a mighty way because if all I've got left is my faith in God, I've got enough to come back. I've got enough to stand up and do it again. I've got enough to be blessed more than I ever was in my whole life if I can just hang on to my faith because with faith, nothing is impossible. I can do it all through Jesus Christ. It doesn't matter if I'm having a bad day. That statement's still true. I can still do all things through Christ that gives me strength. Whatever we lose, it may be heartbreaking. It might be discouraging. But what you have left and what I have left is powerful. In Job 42, we find out that Job got twice as much in the end. He lived 140 years. It said he died old and full of days and saw four generations. That was after that day. And there was a day. There was a day where he was tried, but there wasn't a day when he didn't trust God. There are going to be days when we're tried, but don't ever let it be said there was a day when we turned our back on God, when we stopped trusting the Almighty. Friend, he's done too much for us. Why would he go to Calvary and give his life just to let us be abused and beat and lose this fight? He got no intentions on you losing. He, what he did at Calvary was enough to get us through. The blood that Jesus shed is enough to get you through. The Holy Ghost inside you, that's enough to get you through. Sometimes we feel like there ain't nothing left but a valley of dry bones. That's all right. God's got a word for dry bones. <laughs> Come on, somebody. He's got a word for dry bones. Prophesy to them. Speak a word to them. Ain't nothing left but a valley of dry bones. Well, just start speaking that living word of God and see what happens. It might not seem to you like there's anything. There's nothing left but the bone. But before you know it, it was a whole body. And then it was a whole army standing up. And then it was a whole living, breathing army of the Lord. And you might feel like a bag of bones in a dry valley somewhere. But I'm here to tell you and prophesy the word of the Lord to you today that you're not done. All that you've got left, it might seem like it's dead and gone and scattered everywhere. But God can put it back together. God can breathe life back into it. And you can stand up and be a mighty man and woman and child of God. Because we serve the God of what's left. And if all I got left is some praise through my tears, if all I got left is the Bible in my hand and in my heart, friend, I got enough to get through. Uh, thank you, Jesus. Listen, the whole plan, I'm going to get this man that says he loves, I'm going to prove him a fake, a hypocrite. I'm going to get him to curse God to his face. And he thought that what he thought Job trusted solely in the materialistic things, the, the good life that he had. He said, that's why he fears you, God. That's why he loves you and worships you because you've just blessed his life. God said, take it and see what happens. Because he knew that Job had something left. And what you have, you listen to me. If you lost your job, guess what? 
If you, if, you, if you lost your job and you went back to your workplace, you know who you ain't going to see sitting in your office? The devil. Because he didn't take your job. If somebody stole your car, you find it, guess who ain't going to be driving it? Because he don't want your car. But you know what he wants? He wants to discourage you. He wants you to say, you know what? This has been the worst Monday of my life. I ain't going to prayer. I'm going to plop down on this sofa and sulk and watch TV and just. mm -mm. He wants you to stop. He wants you to give up. He wants you to quit. But you know what? Yeah, uh, we were worshipers before we got that good job. We were worshipers before we got that good car. We were worshipers before God started blessing our life. You know, before, before it just started raining down on us. And, and I'm not going to let the enemy have the privilege of frustrating what God wants to do in my life. But what we have left, it frustrates the plan of the enemy to destroy you. Because he thinks you serve God for your stuff. He's always about stuff. He tried to tempt Jesus with stuff. You see all this, it's mine to give anybody if you'll fall down and worship me. But he said, oh, it's written. It ain't about stuff, it's about who you worship. He said, I'm not going to worship anybody but the Lord God. And Him only will I serve. I, I don't serve God for stuff. God loads me daily with benefits. Thank God. I'm thankful for every good and perfect gift that comes down. But friend, on my worst days, on the days that I've been broke, on the days that I was hungry, on the days that I was frustrated, on the days my car broke down or I had a flat tire or I had a rough day at work, God was still good on the bad day. And I could still say glory to God. I heard a man one time, he was a carpenter, and he said, every time I hit my thumb with the hammer, I say, thank you, Jesus. And I was like, that's the first thing he thought in my mind. Uh, but he said, oh, he said, because if I didn't have this job that provided for me, I would never get the opportunity to hit my thumb. Now, you say, that's a crazy way of looking at things. But, hey, whatever it takes to remind you. <laughs> and he said, I'd hit my thumb, I'd grab it, and thank you, Jesus. <laughs> and uh, maybe he was saying, thank you, Jesus. I didn't say what I really wanted to say. But, uh, but thank you, Jesus, for the job that I've got. <laughs> And so, you know, so, you know, you know, praise him in the good, praise him in the bad. Praise him when you hit that thumb, praise him when you stump your toe, you know, whatever. Do that. Next time you kick the coffee table in the middle of the night on your, on your trip to the uh, refrigerator, just thank the Lord for that. Thank you, Lord, because I got a house to break my toe in. Uh, listen, here, here's, here's what I'm trying to tell you. The enemy cannot stop the plan that God has for your life. Because there is no weapon formed against you that can prosper. He can form it, uh, but it's up to us what we let it do. And so I'm asking you today, and I'm asking me, take a, take a little inventory right now. What do you have left? What's there? Have you got any faith left? Come on, anybody got any faith in God left? Come on, somebody. It might not be like you want it to be yet. Maybe there's some things still not perfect yet, but have you still got faith in God? The faith you had when you walked down to the altar and fell on your knees and said, God, save me and forgive me. The faith you had... When you went down in that water in the name of Jesus, do you still have that faith that you had when God filled you with the Holy Ghost? 
Have you still got, you got any faith left? Now, how about, how about any praise? Anybody still got some praise left? Uh, can you still sing praises to the Lord God Most High? It might not be like you want it to be. You might have just got your heart broke. It might have got ripped out and stomped on. Maybe it got kicked to the curb. But God's still good. Can you still find a place where you can lift up your voice and praise God in the sanctuary? Praise Him in the firmament of His power. Praise Him for His mighty acts. And praise Him according to His excellent greatness. We've got to stop focusing on what we don't have and remember to focus on what's left because whatever we got left, God is able to do a miracle. In Elijah's day, he found a widow woman in the midst of a great famine. He said, sister, make me a cake. I don't have a cake. Don't you know there's a famine going on? I had a full barrel of meal and a full cruise of oil. And every day I've watched it get lower and lower with nothing coming back in. I've watched it now and now I'm at the bottom of the barrel. And I'm going to make something for me and for my son. And then we're going to die. I only see death in my future and there's no way out. But like one preacher said, when we get down to nothing, God is up to something. And she was scraping the bottom of the barrel. And she thought, this won't even be a good cake. What's down here has been here longer than any of it. But this is what's left. And the prophet said, I hear you. But take what's left and make for me first. Because what you have left is enough. And what you have left, uh, friend, listen, it's, or sister, it's going to last until the rain comes from God. It's going to last until God sends the rain. Woo, you better hear me. <laughs> So she went ahead and said, I'm just going to go ahead and obey God. I'm just going to go ahead and take this prophet at his word and see uh, if, if God is true uh, and if this man's a liar. I'm going to find out uh, what's really going on here. friend. And God did let that barrel of, of, of meal keep going and that cruise of oil. It kept on pouring and they kept on eating through the famine until the rain came again. Ezekiel 34, 26 and 7, the Lord said, and I will make them and the places round about about my hill a blessing I will cause the shower to come down in his season and there shall be showers of blessings and the tree of the field will yield her fruit and the earth shall yield her increase and they shall be safe in their land and shall know that I am the Lord when I have broken the bands of their yoke I've delivered them out of the hands of those that served themselves of them. The Lord said, listen, there's a time where there's something that's planted. There's something in the ground, but it needs something to come up. Just like this woman, she said she needed the rain to come. Well, it's about to start raining again in some of y'all's life. You hear me? He said, the tree in the field are going to start producing again. You're going to start having some miracles and some signs and some wonders in your life. There's been some ashes, but God's about to give you some beauty for ashes. God's about to change some things around you. You about to get the oil of joy. Come on for morning. You're going to get the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. God's about to do some things in your life. There's about to be some showers of blessings falling down in your life. But you just got to trust God with what you got left. 
And if all you got left, oh God, I ain't got nothing left but a praise on my lips and a song in my heart. Honey, that's enough to get you out. That's enough to sustain you until the rain comes again. But until the rain falls, you hear me saying of God, until the rain falls, what you've got and, and, and what God can do with it, it's going to sustain you. It'll keep you alive and it will do the miraculous in your life. Don't you stop coming to church. Don't Brother Shannon said it this morning. Don't you stop praying. Don't you stop fasting. Don't you stop uh, doing the things that you know to do because God is able to do with what you've got left. I can take that little bit and turn it in. Hey, he just took a little lunch and fed 5,000 men, women, and children. Just, and it was enough that they all ate and were full. And then they took up 12 baskets full of fragments. Jesus did that. Well, God, he said, give them something to eat. Hey, you see all these people? Well, you got that. Oh, I got this couple of fish, a couple of loaves of bread. Start giving it out. Man, I always try to picture that in my head. I don't know if any of you guys watched that series, The Chosen. But if you've seen that episode, man, it's, it, 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 you will just sit there and smile and just laugh because you're like, I wonder if that's what it was like. Just They couldn't deplete it. It just kept on uh, walking through their feet, people feeding, and then they come back and they said, we got baskets full left. Got plenty left. We can eat. We can eat tomorrow. They could eat a long time, but but I'm telling you, God's got something for you. The showers of blessing. There's got to be some. There's, there's going to be some rain. It's going to come down. There's something planted under the earth. Listen, you know you know what seed is. Seed is what's left. How many people like peaches? You like peaches? Well, now, when you're eating a peach, you eat it all the way till there ain't nothing left but the. You know what God can do with that? Just put it in the ground. Let a little rain fall on it. You won't see nothing right away, but in a little while, what was left will grow into a tree. And the tree equals fruit, and fruit equals blessing for you. And all of a sudden, you got more peaches than you can eat. You're giving peaches away because of what God can do with what's left. So we, we like to throw away what's left, and we, we, we take them pits and throw them away. You, you eat an apple down to the core. Where's, what's at the core? The seed. When it gets down to like, look at that. That's just that's trash. Just throw it away. Hold on. But what's in it could make another tree. Which would make more apples, which would make more seed. Which would, you, you see, well, showers of blessing. But sometimes it's planted under the ground. But, but see, God designed it. He said, I designed fruit like that. Vegetables, I designed it like that. That the seed would be in itself. So when it looked like there was nothing left, there was still life. Oh, you ain't hearing me. <laughs> you feel like you done been gnawed down to the core. And like there ain't nothing left. But there's something inside of you. Oh, that God put down on the inside. We have this treasure in earthen vessels. Oh, I'm trying to tell somebody something here today. You feel like the enemy's gnawed you down to the core. But he can't devour you. It said he's seeking whom he may devour. He can't get you all because there's something down inside of you that he can't take. He can't take away what God gave you. He can't take away what God put inside of you. You can only relinquish that. 
So he thinks he's got you to a place where he can throw you away. He thought he had Jesus down to a place where he could just throw him away. And three days later, Jesus said, let me show you what I can do with what's left. Let me show you what I can do with what's left of this body. Destroy this temple, and I'll take what's left and raise it up. Ooh, maybe that's Paul said, I want to know him in the power of his resurrection. Because I want to know him in such a way that when they have done their worst, when the world has tried to destroy this temple, I can say I'm going to get back up because I know what God can do with what's left. And you know the thing about it is those seeds can exist till the rain comes. Why do you think, man, animals that eat fruit, man, where I live, you know, them deer love persimmons. I got persimmon trees all over my property. I ain't had to plant a one. The deer's planting them. <laughs> it, it, it comes with fertilizer. Let me tell you this. Sometimes the mess you're in is fertilizer for your growth. Tribulation works patience. Patience, experience. Uh-huh, come on. Tribulation works patience. Patience, experience, experience, hope, and hope maketh not ashamed. Oh, I'm telling you, God's trying to tell you something today. It ain't over for you. It ain't over. You got something left in the tank. You got something left down inside. You, you got something in you that'll get you out. Paul and Silas didn't have nothing but a prayer and a praise, but it slung the prison doors open and made the chains fall off. Whatever you got left, God's able to use it. Don't give up. God's got something for you. It's going to come forth. So I'm asking you this today. Honey, you can come to the music. Musicians can come on with me. I'm asking you. Do a little quick inventory. Do a little check right quick. What have you got left? Oh, what have you got left? Look past the, the, the discouragement. Look past the bitterness. Look past the unforgiveness. What have you got left? Look past the anxiety or the stress. Look past the depression. Look past that right now and tell me what you got left. What do you have left? There was another woman in the scripture. She, she was a widow. They were going to take her sons away. She said, I need help. What do I do? The man said, what do you got in your house? I just got a little oil. Oh, we, we despise, we, we, we look so narrowly on what God's left in our house. But what we've got in here, he said, take that, what you got left. He said, and start pouring it in every vessel you can borrow. Just keep on, it, well, I'll run out. No, you won't. It, you won't. And let me tell you, you're not going to run out. You don't run out of Holy Ghost. Come on. You don't run out of Jesus. You don't run out of the blood. Come on, somebody. You don't run out of what Jesus gave you. He put it down inside of us. It's there. It's like a river of living water springing up. The river don't run dry. The well don't run dry. Where the living water comes from, it's always ready to flow. So I'm asking you, what do you got left? You feel defeated? What do you got left? You feel destroyed? What do you got left? Come on, child. You feel like you're lacking. You feel like it's, it's harder to hold on than it's ever been before. But what do you have left? 
I'm not saying your situation ain't real, but what do you got left? I ain't saying it ain't tough, but what do you got left? I ain't saying you you're confused and don't know what to do, but what do you have left? I might be confused about a lot of things, but I ain't confused about the God of what's left, and I'm not confused about what He can do. Wow! My God can do anything. He's more than enough. He supplies all my needs. I wish I could get somebody to believe me in here today and say, I come in here with nothing but a little meal in the bottom of the barrel, but I'm going out of here. Woo! Come on, somebody. Oh, come on, lift your hands for just a second. We're about to get into it, but I need you to lift your hands and just start saying, God, I'm going to trust you with what I've got left. Don't hold on and die with what you got left. But live, live in the name of Jesus. Live in the name of the Lord. Woo, the God of plenty. He's the God of destitution as well. And he's able, he's well able today. Woo. Ah. Come on, somebody. The prophet said this, Habakkuk 3 and 17. Keep worshiping, just listen. He said, the fig tree shall not blossom, and the fruit won't be in the vine. The labor of the olive shall fail, and the fields will yield no meat. The flock shall be cut off from the fold, and there will be no herd in the stalls. Kind of sound like Job. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I don't have all the natural things that I ought to have, but I have a Lord. I have a God. And he said, even without all these things, I'm going to rejoice. I, I read to you at the beginning, and there was a day. We need to quit worrying about, and there was a day, and start thinking about this is the day. And this is the day that the Lord has made. And I will rejoice and be glad in it. Because it might be the day that I lost everything, but I didn't lose God. God, God didn't say, whoa, I can't be associated with people who's lost everything. That's the kind of people he loves to associate with. He loves coming down to those that are brokenhearted and their spirits tore up. He, he loves those people that are in despair because he said, I come to heal them to fix them, to save them. So the prophet said, yet will I rejoice in the Lord and I'll join the God of my salvation. The Lord God is my strength and he'll make my feet like hinds feet. He'll make me to walk upon high places. Oh, I want you to know today you still got a God. This prophet told us, he said, look, you, you might not have all the natural things that you think you need right now, but you still got God. God said, I won't forget you. A nursing mother may forget her child. He said, but I won't forget you. I've loved you with an everlasting love. I don't stop loving you. I won't leave you. I won't forsake you. And finally, the scripture said, be content with what you have. Now, what you have may be only what you have left. For God has said, I will never leave nor forsake you. You hear me today? I don't know where you're at right now. I don't know what you've lost. I don't know what you got left in the barrel. But I know the God of what's left. And what I'm trying to figure out today is what do we have 